Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issue of climate change. I'm your host, Wang Zihang. Residents in Hawaii are still reeling from the impacts of the recent catastrophic wildfires that have left scores of people dead. The blazes have been described as the worst natural disaster in the state's history and America's deadliest in over a hundred years. It torched thousands of acres and raised down hundreds of structures, causing about five and a half billion US dollars in damages. Experts have said, although global climate change is not the direct cause of the wildfires, it did contribute to creating the conditions that fuel the rapid spread of the fatal Maui fires. In this episode, we'll examine the impact of the wildfires in Hawaii and explore ways to cope with extreme weather events flared up by climate change. Firefighters are still dousing hotspots in Maui days after the devastating wildfires on the Hawaiian island. The fires have become the biggest natural disaster in the history of the state and the deadliest in more than a century in modern U.S. history. Our reporter Gao Junya brings us the details of the deadly impacts of the blazes. It's been almost two weeks since the wildfires erupted on August the 8th on Maui Island in the U.S. state of Hawaii. As of Thursday, the death toll from the Maui wildfires reached 111. The figure could be doubled over the next few days, as the majority of the affected area has not been searched yet. Around 1,300 people remain missing so far. The American Red Cross has received some 1,750 calls from individuals seeking reunification assistance. Local resident Nanfang Yamsamp recounted the horrible moment when she got confronted by the flames fanned by strong wind. We was come out and look at the head of fire close by our apartment. At the beginning, we thought, oh, maybe the gas station was blow up because we can hear like, something like pop. Another survivor, Jennifer Williams, becomes quite emotional recalling the disaster. It's like a bomb went off. It's, it's the end of all of it. It's gone. It's, it's gone. It's so weird. It's our home. We've lived here 30 years. Our kids were born here. We just don't know the next steps. Hawaii Governor Josh Green says the scale of destruction is incredible. If you look at what's been seen now in West Maui, 2,200 structures have been destroyed or damaged. 86% are residential. In Kula, 544 structures have been exposed and 96% were residential. The losses approach $6 billion in estimate. Maui is the second largest island of the Hawaiian Islands with a population of more than 100,000. Kula is a district in upcountry Maui, situated 900 meters above sea level. Lahaina, a popular tourist spot and once the capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii, suffered the worst devastation from the raging fires. A Lahaina resident says his house and his entire community were swallowed by the fires. Our home is completely destroyed and our community is gone. We're devastated. The loss of our community is really what hurts the most. Kimberly Fluke is the deputy executive director of the Lahaina Restoration Foundation. He points out the wooden structures make the buildings especially vulnerable to fires. Hawaii, in many different eras, and buildings were, were built in all the different eras. So um, 
you know, they didn't have the building codes that we have today and they used materials that um, were quick and served their purposes. So a lot of the towns throughout Hawaii, including Lahaina, have a large plantation era history. And plantation era, the, the building material of choice was wood. So obviously wood is going to be a material that burns very easily during a fire. Lahaina, once home to 13,000 inhabitants, now finds most of its population displaced by the wildfires. The War Memorial Gymnasium has become temporary refuge for hundreds of evacuees. Others, like Shiale Fonohema and her family, have set up tents outside the gymnasium, as now it's packed to capacity with displaced people. Shiale, who's eight months pregnant, recounts the challenges faced by families who were forced to swim to escape the encroaching flames. We're all staying inside this tent right over here. We just came out with this family. We all shuttled together in different cars. Some of us didn't have gas, so we all followed each other. Some of us lost our cars because we didn't have gas and hopped into the car with each other. I'm so blessed that me and my family are together and we weren't like a lot of families that were stuck and had to swim. Like, I couldn't imagine my son swimming and my grandma swimming in the water. U.S. President Joe Biden has declared Hawaii a major disaster area in the wake of the catastrophic fires. He's set to visit the ravaged areas on August the 21st, nearly two weeks after the fires wreaked havoc on the island. Former U.S. President Barack Obama, who grew up in Honolulu, has been encouraging people to make donations to local communities. The fires have cast a dark cloud over Hawaii's tourism industry, a major source of revenue for the island. Government officials and airlines say they're working to help fly passengers off the island. Hawaii's tourism authorities have asked non-essential travelers to leave and to reconsider any upcoming trips. That's our reporter Gao Junya. Hawaii occasionally experiences wildfires, particularly during periods of dry weather and high winds. They're generally not as frequent or severe as those that occur in places like California. The exact cause of the recent huge blazes remains unknown. However, experts are suggesting climate change has played a significant role in fueling the fires. Our reporter Jim Spellman finds out more. Global climate change didn't cause the wildfire in Hawaii, but did contribute to creating the conditions that helped the fire spread so quickly with such deadly results. Climate change exacerbates the extremes. So you have more frequency of floods and droughts. Even in lush Hawaii, higher temperatures have meant vegetation is getting drier. In the weeks before the wildfire, drought conditions developed on Maui. When you have higher temperatures, um, you have more evaporation of water. And also, you can think of it as plants being thirstier, so plants use more water when the air temperature is higher. So the water that is present um, tends to disappear more rapidly. Once the wildfire began, conditions were ideal for the flames to spread. So you have dry vegetation, that is, when there's a spark, it's easier for that vegetation to ignite and for the wildfire to spread. Um, climate change in many parts of the world is increasing, um, increasing vegetation dryness. It's not likely the global community will reverse the impacts of climate change in the short term. So in Hawaii and other vulnerable areas, communities may need to make changes to accommodate the evolving climate. For wildfire mitigation, that may include building structures more resistant to fire and better managing plant life. 
bigger investment in managing these fuels, reducing the fuels, doing fire breaks, things like this, fuel breaks around these communities, which are actions that need to be taken months in advance of these kind of bad fire weather conditions that we're seeing. In the years to come, more communities will likely experience dangerous wildfires driven by global warming. Maybe not next in the next decade, but over the next hundred years, wildfires in areas where we traditionally have not thought of wildfires happening, it may it, the incidents may increase. Yet another sign that climate change is one of the most serious issues facing mankind. That's our reporter Jim Spellman. Aside from the natural elements, many residents have criticized the local authorities for failing to activate the alarm system to warn people about the fires. Our reporter Yang Guang brings us the details. Amid all the devastation caused by the wildfires, disbelief and anger have been growing among the locals. They are demanding answers as to why the 80 or so outdoor sirens across the island, which are used to alert residents to natural disasters, never went off. Lahaina resident Cole Millington. I did not receive a warning until I was already getting in my truck to get out of there. Um, not a single one of my roommates got a warning at all. You know, the only the notice we had was just screaming from the streets. Peter Trunk, a seasoned media professional from Maui, has slammed authorities for the lack of early responses that could have prevented many deaths from the disaster. My first reaction is anger. I'm very angry because all of this could have been prevented. What happened is the fire started, no alarm was given. Uh, we have sirens all over the island. They are meant to be for any emergency, no matter what it is. And a fire is an emergency. Not one siren went off. Nobody was warned. The answer for man of Maui County Richard Bisson looks quite pale in light of the enormous losses suffered by the people. Generally speaking, we do not have sirens for fires. I don't know if anybody in any other state does. Uh, the sirens tell you to go in and turn on your television and listen to the news reports. It's usually for uh, tsunami warnings and hurricanes. Uh, we don't want people, if there's a fire, going back into their home and turning on their TV. We'd rather they take, you know, take evasive action. So I, I think there's a lot of talk about people um, maybe misunderstanding the purpose. Along with the lack of warnings, residents are questioning why plans weren't in place to ensure a quick and effective response for victims still grappling with the impacts of the fire. Peter Trunk believes the staggering loss of life is because of the incompetency of the local officials. There are many reasons. One is the attitude. The attitude of people who are in control, they want to be in control, but uh, then when it comes to do action, well, then they don't because they are just the wrong people at the helm. Reports are also showing that authorities in Hawaii have misjudged or underestimated wildfires warnings for years. One Maui County report on wildfire prevention from 2001 stated that wild number of acres consumed by wildfires had spiked, found to prevent and mitigate them were inadequate. The reports also stated that the local fire department's strategic plan included nothing about what can and should be done to prevent fires. That's our reporter Yang Guang. The future remains gloomy for the fire-hit Maui in Hawaii, as the victim number is widely expected to surge amid challenging rescue operations. The island may also suffer a long-lasting blow, as it may take time for the local tourism industry to recover from the impacts of the fires. 
39.1 degrees Celsius. Don't worry. You'll be just fine after a shot in some pose. When we have a high fever, we should go see a doctor for medical treatment. When Mother Earth is running a high fever, extensively on the heat waves that have hit large is bracing for its longest heat wave on record. Just like us, she reaches out for help. What can we do to make her feel better? Hey, I brought my own water bottle. I brought a reusable bag. Bring your own water bottle in place of disposable tableware. Don't use a plastic bag. It's too hot. Let's get a car. No, we can get there in just ten minutes by bike. Walk or ride a bicycle instead of driving for short distances. Oh wow, is your phone broken? Why don't you get a new one? It's okay. I'll get it fixed and can still use it. Repair items whenever possible instead of replacing them with new ones. Don't bother printing out the meeting proposal. I've set up a shared online document for it. Build a paper-free working environment instead of printing everything out. The era of global warming has ended. Effects from global warming are recurring much more frequently than in the past. The era of global boiling has arrived. Mother Earth has a fever, and we cannot withstand the consequences. Take prompt actions to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Extreme weather events triggered by climate change are happening across the globe. Our reporter Zhao Ying brings us more. In North America, while the U.S. authorities are struggling with the search and rescue operations following the deadly wildfires in Hawaii, Canada's Northwest Territories has declared a state of emergency after wildfires destroyed on remote community and pose a risk to the region's capital, Yellowknife. In Europe, the Spanish island of Tenerife is battling a wildfire in a mountainous national park. Over 3,000 people have been evacuated as a violent wildfire broke out in southern France. In Asia, rain-triggered landslides has killed over 70 in the northern Himachal Pradesh state. Eight out of nine provinces in Sri Lanka have been affected by the prevailing dry spell, with thousands of people being short of drinking water. In Africa, in an unprecedented occurrence, Morocco experienced a record-breaking temperature of 50.4 degrees Celsius last Friday, August 11th. This marks the first time in the country's history that a temperature above 50 degrees Celsius has been reliably observed. Last but not least, the NASA report shows that last month was the hottest in the global temperature record since 1880. Analysis shows this July was over 0.2 degrees Celsius warmer than any other July. NASA says high sea surface temperatures contributed to the record warmth. The impact of climate change is overwhelming. Each and every one of us has to take action now to mitigate the impact of climate change and protect the Earth. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. To listen to our episode again and to catch up on the previous episodes, you can search climate change on major podcast platforms. You can also contact us via audio newsroom at cgtn.com. Each move counts. Together, let's make a difference.